Well, I'm going to dive right in this morning to the focus of what we're going to talk about, which is probably one of the most important things that you can focus on in 2020, and that is prayer. Pastor Pete is going to lead us in a series coming out of this, starting the new year, that's going to be a three-week series on prayer. And we are going to engage in something new to start the year as a church family. It's called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Um, I'll tell you more about that in a bit, but starting next Sunday, we'll be encouraging you to participate in 21 straight days where we seek God and ask him to speak to us. I'll tell you more about that in a bit, but the, the statistics around prayer are pretty clear. Everybody in America, most people, whether you're in the church, Christian, or designate yourself as non-religious, that it seems like everybody prays. Stats show that over half of Americans pray daily. But if you were to ask someone to pray, whether it's at lunch after this, or if you go back to your family gathering, if you were to ask someone to pray, what would be the response? The blood drains from their face, right? The mouth like goes down, like you want me to do what? Like there's just, there's something within us that thinks that prayer is not in our wheelhouse that we know a lot about it, but we're not very comfortable with it ourselves. We know that we should pray, we just don't know how. You know, it's funny, Jesus' own disciples had this own dilemma. And they even asked at one point, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? Which doesn't sound too crazy for us in our culture, but for them it would have been a little strange because when they were little, growing up, they had been memorizing large portions of scripture to pray. That out of anybody in that circle, they knew how to pray. And yet what they were asking wasn't Jesus teach us how to pray, it was teach us how to pray like that. Because when Jesus prayed, fish and bread would multiply. When Jesus prayed, people would be healed. When Jesus prayed, the the storm would be calm and the seas would still. When Jesus prayed, people would come back to life. And I just love this so much because even the disciples who knew a lot about prayer brought, brought this amazing, amazing willingness to learn from Jesus. And I think for us on this last Sunday of 2019, heading into 2020, it would be an incredible thing for us to replicate. That no matter what you think about prayer, no matter what your experience has been, whether you're comfortable with it, whether you're freaked out by it, like everything that we know, that we would be willing to set that aside and just like the disciples did to learn from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna be doing that this morning. We're gonna follow the life of Jesus. And I know on Tuesday, for those of you that were here, we talked about Jesus's birth right, in a manger. Today, we're gonna fast forward all the way to the last few days of his life. There's a prayer that he prays in a garden. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane that if we can just glean a little bit of how he prays, I think it'll teach us so much. I think it'll help us so much as we look to do the same. And I think, so we find Jesus, he is in, the, like I said, the last few days of his life. He is in Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, which we will celebrate here at the end of our service. But he's made a lot of people mad. There's a lot of religious people who are mad at him. There's even a hit out on his life. And, and as we find him in this passage, his, one of his dearest friends had betrayed him, Judas. Yet with all of that happening, where do we find Jesus? We find Jesus in the garden praying. And I think it's just such an incredible picture because I'm sure all of us heading into 2020 have something swirling around our lives, that there's something out of control, that as we look towards 2020, none of us know what's actually going to happen. And so we walk into this new year with a little bit of trepidation. But in the midst of all of that, Jesus models for us that he prays for first. So this is verse 39, Luke 22. He, Jesus, 
came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. Now, I know we find Jesus in some dire straits. I know that in a couple hours, Jesus is actually gonna be captured and then he's gonna be tried unfairly. He's gonna eventually be crucified. But it's not those circumstances that are driving him to prayer. See, throughout scripture, Jesus showed us through his life that prayer wasn't just something he did. Prayer was a part of who he was, that, that there was lots of times that he prayed. He didn't just come because he was desperate. Praying was something that he did first. Prayer was a first response, not a last resort. And so when we find him, this is just a part of who he is. Jesus knows and Jesus prays from a process of habit. I think this is so important for us that we get into a habit of praying, that prayers aren't just something we throw up once in a while, but it's a lifestyle that we live. Prayer is a first response, not a last resort. Prayer is meant to be proactive, not reactive. That if our prayers are synonymous with Hail Marys, we're missing something. That's verse 39 and 40. He goes on in verse 41. Then he withdrew, Jesus, from, from them, which is the disciples, about a stone's throw. He knelt down and he prayed. Jesus knows that prayer is a process of habit, but Jesus also prays from a posture of humility. You could say it this way, prayer isn't just the words that you say, but it's the posture you take. I love this quote from Pastor Mark Batterson. It says this, physical posture is an important part of prayer. It's like a prayer within a prayer. Posture is to prayer as tone is to communication. If words are what you say, then posture is how you say it. Physical posture helps posture our hearts and minds. By the posture that Jesus takes, he shows that he's not in control. The one who probably should be offers himself up at the mercy of God. You might already know this, but I'll tell you anyways. Do you know that out of everything that we say, only 7% of communication is what is actually said? Only 7%. 93% of communication is nonverbal. It's our body language. It's the tone that we say. So if that's true for communication, why would that not be true for prayer? Prayer is not just the words that you say. It's the posture that you take. You could say it this way. The attitude that you enter into prayer with sets the atmosphere or the tone of your prayer. That's why I'm so excited about these 21 days. We are going to pray as a church for 21 days straight. We're gonna ask God to do something new. But we're not just asking you to throw prayer on top of what you already do, because I know all of us are busy. But we're going to try to find a new way, a new posture to take, that it's not just saying yes to everything, that we do have to say no to some things in order to say yes to what God has for us. And this is not easy in our culture. Now more than ever, new things are created every year where we have more and more at our disposal to fill our time, and yet it affects the posture that we take as we go to God in prayer. Here's the last verse, verse 42. It's probably my favorite. It says this. That's what it says. <laughs> Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knows that prayer is a process of habit. He knows that it's just as much about the posture that you take as the words that you say. But he also knows this, and he does this. He prays from a place of surrender. 
It's just amazing the attitude that Jesus comes into with this prayer, that prayer is not the place where Jesus tells God what to do. Prayer isn't where Jesus strong arms God into doing what he wants. He doesn't shame God for not meeting his expectations. Jesus doesn't come to God with his own agenda. He has, he's honest, he has his wants, but they don't dominate, they're not at the forefront. For Jesus, here it is, here's the, if you will, the secret ingredient to prayer. If you don't take anything else from this Sunday, I pray that into 2020 you take this. That prayer is the place. Prayer is the place where surrender becomes a reality. That prayer is the place that when you show up, God promises to do a new work in you. That when we truly interact with the presence of God, that we never leave the same. Does God care about the situation surrounding you in your life? Yes. Does he wanna use you to change and influence them? Yes. Does, he pray, does prayer change our circumstances? Does it make a difference? Absolutely. But more than anything, you wanna know what God promises to do in prayer? He promises to change you and he promises to change me. That prayer is the place where God rightly takes the throne in our, in our lives, where he brings everything back to how it should be. Prayer is the place where, when we, where we surrender to God's will, not where we force him to surrender to ours. I want you to catch this so bad. I think it'll change your life. I think it'll definitely affect your 2020. I think it'll help break some barriers down for you. I think it'll be a catalyst for your growth. I think it'll kickstart something powerful in your life because God has things in store from you that can only be accessed through surrender. They're not on your radar. You aren't planning for them. You can't see them yet. But God has some incredible gifts in store for you that you cannot bring about by anything else other than surrender. That's what I want you to experience more than anything else. I think God is just waiting for the chance in each of our lives where when we would show up to whatever garden that we're currently in, that we wouldn't tell him what to do, but we would simply say, not my will, but yours be done. Just imagine if we prayed like this. I know we all have hopes and dreams and goals and things we wanna accomplish in 2020, but what if, what if we started the year and for 21 days straight, we, we got on our knees and we just asked God to speak to us? That before we ever ask you to do anything for us, God, what can we do for you? What if we told him that he has full authority in our life, that no area is off limits, that he is the Lord, that wherever he wants us to go, whatever he wants us to do, whoever he wants us to talk to, that we would say yes. What if we said, God, there is nothing that I want you to do for me. I just want you to speak. I think you'd be amazed at what he would say to you. Prayer is the place where surrender becomes a reality. You don't have to come into prayer already surrendered. Prayer is the place where that happens. Prayer is the place where God brings about surrender in you. He's just looking for participation. I love this quote from Richard Foster. It says this, God has given us the disciplines of the spiritual life, one of those which is prayer, as a means of receiving his grace. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. By themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do, come on, help me out, nothing. nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. They are God's means of grace. Prayer is the place. God doesn't want you to pray to show how spiritual you are. He's not gonna grade your prayers. Jesus' big culmination was one sentence. God just wants you to show up and he wants to do something deep and new within you in prayer. He has so much more available to you. 
And that's why I'm so excited about these 21 days. I really do think that they will change your life. It's just a time where we get to come and where we get to take the posture that Jesus took. It's not just our church. There are hundreds of churches around this country who for the same length of time, for 21 days, are going to pray for their families, are gonna pray for themselves, they're gonna pray for their local church, they're gonna pray for our country, they're gonna pray for so many things that that God would do what we can't. A a posture of humility to say, God, would you come in? Would Would you enter into our world? It is, by the way, 21 days of prayer and fasting. I've talked a lot about prayer, let me talk a little bit about fasting. This is Mark Batterson again, he says this. When you fast and pray in tandem, it's almost like a moving sidewalk, like one that you would have at the airport. It's almost a moving sidewalk that gets you to your desired destination in half the time. Fasting has a way of fast-tracking your prayers. Now what I'm not saying is that fasting will strong-arm God into what you want. But I guarantee that if you were to show up for 21 days and you were to fast in some way, whether it's from food or from an unhealthy habit, if you were to say no to something for a period of time in hopes that God would do something new in you, I guarantee that he would bring you to a place of surrender and depth in your relationship with God that you have not experienced before. Fasting helps us get our head clear faster. It's like a cleanse. You'll be surprised at how much excess we have in our lives that drowns out God's voice You can fast from food or unhealthy habits. Maybe it's a meal a day. Maybe it's a day a week or a couple days. But fasting is not about punishing ourselves. Fasting is about making more of ourselves available for God to fill. We fast because we are way too connected to the world. There are way too many things that vie for our time and our attention that to say no to those things for a while can only benefit us. We fast because we're too connected to the world. We pray because we're not connected enough to God. If you were for a season to say no to something so that you could say yes to God, I promise God would do something powerful in your life. Now this is 21 days of prayer and some of these, this is the first time we're doing this as a church, some of these will not work for any of you. And so for you, I just encourage you that you can do something, that you know your life the best. You can find a place to say no so that you can say yes and spend more time with God. But for those of you who can Join us every Monday through Thursday for the next three weeks, starting next Sunday, when Pastor Pete kicks off our new series. We will, in, at Spring Lake and a couple times in Muskegon and Coopersville, gather here for a prayer service, which is very similar to a worship service. We just allot a little bit more time for prayer. You'll also have, we also have a prayer room here at Spring Lake. It's through our lobby. Where are my young parents at who do not have a quiet house? If you need a place to pray, you can come here. That'll be open throughout the, throughout the um, office hours. And finally, the 21 days of prayer finale on Saturday, January 25th from nine to 10 here. All, this, all that to say this, God wants to do something powerful in your life and I think it'll happen through prayer. You know, this surrender piece is so important to us because it's been our story in 2019. It was a week ago, last year that I got a call from my dad who is sitting here and he'd been battling brain cancer for the last couple years and I'll spare you the details but the nature of the conversation was Evan I just don't know how much time I have left 
And we were, my wife and I, we were in Indianapolis, both serving at a church there, absolutely loving it, having a great time. Ministry was going well. We had a good group of friends. Everything was going in the right direction. But there was a little question mark for us of God, is this the time that you want us to leave what we know and to head back home? And so we did what we always did as a church, which was the, f- the first Sunday of January. We would start 21 days of prayer, and more than ever, my wife and I committed ourselves to just listening and hearing from God for what he wanted for our lives. It was just five days in that God made it abundantly clear that we were to leave the place that we knew and we were to go back. There was nothing set in stone. There was nothing that we had planned. It was all kind of a big adventure and we didn't necessarily know how we would get there. But every step of the way, God gave us breadcrumb after breadcrumb, letting us know that we were in the right place. And if I had more time, I could tell you all the stories of how God came through, all of the amazing things that God encouraged us with, how he united our family, how this was probably the best year for the Hooksmas yet. But when I think back over all of those amazing memories, the one that stands out to me, I can tell you where I was sitting. It, was all, it all flowed through one question for me, and it was different for my wife. But for me, it was, are, are you willing to say no to this if if there's nothing for you in Michigan, if ministry is not a possibility? Are you willing to say no to something that you love? Because for me, I do. I, I love this role that I get to play in people's lives so much, just to encourage and remove barriers and help them be all that God has called them to be. And the question for me is, are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to surrender having that in your life to say yes to what I want for you? And I want that for you. I want that for you. I really do think that God's best life for you is on the other side of surrender. It's not what we plan. It's not what we expect to happen, but it's when we say yes to what God has for our life that he takes us on some of the best journeys possible. And so what I'm very clearly asking you to do, I'm not saying anything's wrong with your life. I'm not saying anything's bad. I'm just saying that God has more. I think God has more for you. And I think it's found in prayer. And if you've never experienced 21 days of prayer where for 21 days we invite God to do something in our life that he never has, where we get on our knees and we just ask him to do something that he's never done, that he would take us by the hand and lead us, it's a powerful experience. And I would just encourage you to find some way to participate, that that 2020 would start off different than other years, that you would invite God in in a deeper place and that at some point, Jesus would bring you to say the same words that he said, not my will, but yours be done. Can I pray for you? God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this moment that we get to stop before our week and to invite you in to give us direction and encouragement for the lives that we lead. And I pray for every single person here that you would speak to them, that you would make your will so clear that you would let them know that they're not alone, that even though they don't know what's gonna happen in 2020, that ultimately you are leading them. I pray that you would make it so clear where, where they're heading so that they would be able to say yes to you in a new and deeper way than ever before. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna pray for those who you've never had that moment of surrender that we've been talking about it, but you've never had that moment where you've actually given your life for Jesus to be directing it. And so I just don't wanna leave this place until I give you the opportunity. If God has been leading you here for you to make that decision,
And I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna have you come up to the front. I'm not gonna make you stand up, but I do wanna pray for you. I wanna pray a prayer that I'd invite you to follow with me, but I just wanna know who I'm praying for. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just encourage you, just slip your hand up so I can see you. Yes, I see you. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yep, I see you in the back. Anybody else? This is your moment. Yes, I see you. Yes. I'll pray the prayer, but you just say your own words. Heavenly Father, I hear your call. I know that you're calling me home. I know that you love me, that you're not mad at me, but that you have a plan and a purpose for my life, that you want me to say yes to you. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for insisting on life as it in my as it has to happen in my calendar or my plan but i want to surrender to yours that not my will but yours be done that i would say yes to the plans that you have for my life no matter where they take me what i have to do where i have to go that you would do something in my life that you would take take a hold of the reins and that you would lead me towards the life that you've called me to thank you so much jesus for what you did on the cross taking away our sin and inviting us into relationship with you. With everything that's within me, I say yes to you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate everybody who made that decision?